Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Amazing God. Yes. You are amazing God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated right now in the presence of the Lord. I, I want to take this opportunity to just thank you for uh, your support for the mission to Dominican Republic. First of all, I want to thank our ministers and elders for carrying on while I was away and been faithful and, and fulfilling your assignments. And thank you all for continuing uh, to support this work. Amen. <clears throat> God is good. Hallelujah. Had an amazing time in, in Dominican Republic. Uh, actually had an opportunity to minister in three different areas and, uh, and see witness souls coming to Christ uh, and strengthen the saints and do some physical work on the building, our church building there in Scatteria and able to uh, minister to people in, in various ways while we were there. And so we thank the Lord, thank the Lord for a good future in Dominican Republic as we look forward now to planning a second church uh, there in another village uh, that I can't call the name of right now, but uh, we're excited about what God is doing and excited about what God is doing here. I ask you to continually pray uh, for us and pray for this work as we look forward to a future in the Lord and doing some things that God has called us to do, even at home. Uh, I want to encourage, encourage our women uh, and the now women move, women's movement for do your assignments so that when we come online in a couple of weeks, we'll be ready to go a little bit further. Uh, to talk to Elder Hoskins about the men coming together uh, soon so we can meet at a park or somewhere and have a fellowship with our men because uh, I think that's, that's quite necessary, quite necessary now. I know that you know, there are still a lot of churches that are not gathering and those of us who are gathering, we want to maintain uh, these uh, COVID-19 protocols to make sure everyone is safe because COVID is still around. However, we need to still come together uh, because there's nothing like fellowship. The church was created uh, for fellowship and it's important for us to, to come together. Um, yeah, so let's be in prayer for all of, all of these things. Uh, today, I want to go to Revelation chapter 19, back to the scripture that was read 
in your hearing just a few moments ago. And under the guidance and help of the Holy Spirit, I want to just go through uh, what the Lord shared with me as we reflect on the teachings that we've been doing on, on Wednesdays, on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, I want to thank those teachers who have been faithful in teaching and thank those, amen. And thank those students who've been faithful in, 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 in joining the classes. Amen. That's one thing we can do online and make it work. <laughs> Hallelujah. But today's going to come when we're going to come back to in-person Bible study while we maintain online Bible study. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that if you had to be quarantined from your family for a whole year, your wife in one place and you in another place, you in one place, your children in another place, you don't see each other for a whole year, what that would do to your family. Amen. And we are, we are family in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, in Revelation chapter 19, I want to read again at verse 17. Start there. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair. Come, gather together for the great supper of God. And you notice he said he was calling the birds. He wasn't calling us to this great supper. <laughs> right? uh, to the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings generals and mighty men of horses and their riders and the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. A lot of people are being deluded today. Amen. And that's why people are turning away from God, because they are deluded. Yeah. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest of them were killed with a sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan. Where do we meet the serpent at? In Genesis. That ancient, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. And we'll, we'll get to the end of, of this, uh, which actually will, will end, which is the end of, of history as we know it, 
we'll focus on verse number number 10, uh, which talks about the devil being thrown into that, that lake of fire. And then at the end of the chapter deals with the great white throne judgment. Amen. Uh, so I want to, I want to, I want to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, deal with this thought. Hold on. Their plans of God get to be fulfilled. Hold on. There are plans of God yet to be fulfilled. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it doesn't return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. You prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing, that your anointing will rest upon each person sitting in this building and each person listening online. Through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. And we will be encouraged to hold on till until you fulfill all of your plans that you've de already determined to be fulfilled uh, in this world and for eternity. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold on. You need to tell the person sitting next to you, hold on. There are plans of God yet to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. As I stood a few moments ago and, and started reading, uh, I was reminded that there are a lot of people who, who fear reading the book of Revelations. A lot of people say, I read it, but I don't understand it. Uh, well, there are some that, uh, Revelations is filled, filled with symbolic uh, symbols and, and has hidden meaning, but the Holy Spirit will reveal things to us if we don't fall into the trick of the enemy to keep us away from the book of Revelations. You see, the enemy wants to keep us away from the things that are written in the Bible so that we will always yield to his temptations and we will get to the point that we will give up. And a lot of people, a lot of people have given up on God and given up on God's church because they don't fully understand the, the, the fact that there are things, there are plans of God that have not yet been revealed. Yes, Jesus has come to the earth. Jesus, our Messiah, died on the cross for your sins and my sins. God raised him from the dead. But remember that the angels, as the disciples were standing there, gazing up into the heavens as Jesus was taken away from them, they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into the heavens? For this same Jesus that you've seen taken away from you shall so come in like manner. He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again for a purpose that we don't want to be left out of. Amen, amen, amen. We don't want to be left out when the Lord comes again because, well, yeah, because if we, right now, if we get sidetracked by the enemy, if we give up on holiness and righteous living, you know, and, and it's, it, many people in the church have given up on holiness and righteousness. A lot of people just, you know, just, you know, we follow the ways of the world so easily. We adapt the patterns of the world so easily, and we use, the, we use two excuses. 
First one is everybody is doing it, which everybody is not doing it. Uh, the second one is God knows that I'm weak. Yeah, God knows that you're weak, but he left you a comforter. He left you a helper. He left us a helper. And we can't use that excuse because here to, he's here to help us live in holiness and righteousness. You know, um, one of the things that, that, I, that I really appreciate uh, Pastor Garcia for is that he, as he disciples his members, he holds them into great accountability. Even with dating, when they start, when the young women start dating girls that are unsaved, that are not Christians, he calls them into account. When the young men start wanting to date girls that are not Christians, he calls them into account. And I really appreciate that. And I'm thinking, you know, here in the United States, when you try to call people into the, even your own children, into the account of the people that they hang out with and the people that they date, they get angry with you and they will leave you, they'll leave you, they'll leave the church because they feel like their lives belong to themselves and who are you to tell me who I should date or who I shouldn't date? But as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have to hold a standard, amen, and we have to try to hold our children to account for the things that they do because we are concerned about their souls, the bottom line is there are plans of God that have not yet been fulfilled and we want our children, I want my son, I want my son to be in heaven with me. Amen. The other side of that is that sometimes we don't believe that there is a hell or we don't believe that people are going to hell and then we believe, okay, my sins are covered under the blood of Jesus so I can do whatever I want to do. Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can you who are dead to sin, amen, continue in it any longer? There are a lot of things that we just kind of like read and we slide over and we put those of us who are coming after us in a dangerous position because we don't try to hold them into account for the decisions that they're making and the lives that they're living. The end result is that there is going to be a great white throne judgment. For those who have rebelled against God, and I'm, 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 I'm way ahead of myself in my message, so I, I just might as well go ahead and talk about what I'm talking about. And, and, and I'm, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to just lead me through this process. You know, and people have rebelled against God in their minds, in their spirits. They've already rebelled against God. People come to church with rebellious spirits and rebellious hearts and minds. They don't like the gospel. They don't like being told what the gospel says. They they, they, they don't like Jesus. And some people come because they're made to come or they come because it's the religious or the right thing to do. But you got to worship the Lord because you love the Lord. Amen. You have to be in worship because you love the Lord. Amen. And you want to give him glory and you want to give him praise. You want to obey him and you obey him out of obedience, not out of obligation. When the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, then you come to the house of the Lord out of obedience. Your body may not feel like it. Your spirit may not feel like it. But out of obedience to the Lord. Amen. Amen. As you learn to bring your flesh under subjection, praise the name of Jesus to the will of Almighty God. Amen. Because your flesh will take you to hell. You can blame the devil all you want to blame the devil, but your flesh will take you to hell. 
And hell is a real place. Amen. It wasn't prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But because you choose to follow Satan and his angels and you rebel against God, then you have to go to that place that you chose to go to. But see, most people don't want to go to hell. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to live heaven. Most people don't want to go to hell. How many of you want to go to hell? No, you don't. You didn't understand the question. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the name of Jesus. Y'all didn't see that on camera, but amen. That's okay. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of us who are older, we understand the question. We don't want to go. You talk, now there are some foolish people that say that they're going to hell. They don't care. They've rejected God. They just don't care. But they don't really believe that hell is a real place. They don't believe God. Who wants to burn forever and ever? When you have your senses. Because now there's going to be a bodily resurrection. I know I'm all over the place right now. But there's going to be a, not just of the saints, but there's going to be a bodily resurrection of the sinner. And, huh, you know, thank God for these lessons that we've been teaching. Thank God for Dr. Evans and his book on theology because it's taken us deeper into some areas. And if you're missing it, you're missing some good stuff. Amen. You're missing some good stuff. I was writing this morning. Forgive me. I know I'm all over the place. I said that a second time. But I was writing this morning just thinking about church people. You know, and just thinking about how you want time for your family. You want time to relax. You want time to go on vacation. You want time to rest. You want time to work. But when it comes time for those of us who prepare for the teaching and the preaching, you don't have time. Then you say, I don't understand that. Help me understand. Well, you want us to neglect our family, neglect our time for resting, neglect our time to go on vacation so we can come to your house and teach you the word of the Lord. And it's not that way. You're not being a good steward of your time when the Lord sets up time or gives us, gives us the authority to set up time for us to teach the word of the Lord to you and even record it and put it online so you can go back and replay it and then give you Zoom meetings so you can come in and ask questions. And even when we were meeting in, in, in person, you wouldn't come. Now you say you don't understand. I'm not complaining about my job. I'm not complaining for my teachers and their jobs. I'm just trying to bring a reality to the body of Christ because there are so many people who will not study. There are so many people who won't even read. And then there are so many people that won't come to the, to the worship services and to the teaching and the preaching. And when they start going through, then they call it. Pray for me. Help me. I don't understand, Pastor. Teach me. Hmm. You know, you remember when I said to our youth, when, when people were telling me, well, sometimes, Pastor, the young people don't understand what you're saying. I said, you know, if you give yourself to understanding, you can understand. You go to class every day when you're in school, and that teacher teaches things that you don't understand. What do you do? You go home and you study the book, 
and you ask questions so you can get an understanding. And you keep on doing that from elementary to high school on to college. And every level prepares you for the next level. Amen. You don't go from fifth grade to being a freshman in college. Every level prepares you for the next level. And you cannot miss those levels and expect to excel in college. You're going to jump from fifth grade to being a senior in college and graduate with honors? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's, 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 let, let me go back. Okay. All right. All right. So, you know, this, this book has been teaching us a lot about theology. And, and so as I was reading um, the, and reviewing the chapter that dealt with the millennial reign, and Dr. Evans referred us, I think it was chapter 114, that there was more information. So I went there and I began reading again and, and um, reading more in chapter 114, I believe it is, uh, as he talked more about the millennial reign. You know, And of course, you know, I've studied this a lot before, but I just haven't preached on it in a while. And the Lord just began to refresh some things in me and begin to impress in my spirit. And we even commented on this, how important it is for the church to teach these things. We need to know the plans that have not yet been fulfilled because a lot of us are slipping and sliding. We need the motivation. We need the challenge that comes through the book of Revelations and understanding the things of God that have not yet been fulfilled. Amen. I am so afraid that there are a lot of people that are going to end up in hell They've, they've come to the church, and with their mouths, they've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, but their hearts are far from him. Now, we've moved past works. We don't, we, Jesus came so that we don't have to work for our salvation. That wasn't working. We're not under the Mosaic law where you just come and you offer up a sacrifice, and then you're okay. No, 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 no. The Lord has come, died on the cross, this new thing that God said through Jeremiah that he was going to do so that we could have a personal relationship with him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And a lot of people are missing this and we're still caught up in this works things. You know, well, you know, uh, uh, and I was asked this question in Dominican Republic and we deal with this and they were talking about, asked me the question about, you know, a person getting saved at the last minute. Can a person really be saved at the last minute? And I say, well, yeah, a person can, can be saved. And I use the parable that Jesus talked about, about the workers that went out in the field, and he, the, the, the owner promised them, the Lord promised them a certain amount. And the, he, it was the same amount, those who came in the morning and those who came at the last hour. And, and so he paid the same amount at the end. Okay, The ones that came in the morning thought he was being unfair. Because he paid the ones that came at the last hour the same amount. He said, listen, listen, this is mine. Didn't I give you what I promised? And I'm not telling you the whole parable. Go back and read it. But basically, he gave what he promised. Now, the point is, for us in salvation, because, you know, we, we've heard this old saying about you can be served between the stirrup and the ground. You know where the stirrup is when you get up on the horse. But between the time you get on your foot of that stirrup and step into the ground, you can be saved. That's a dangerous place to be now because you're dealing with a heart issue and you're dealing with motivation. So if you're going to wait 
and, and Pastor Jamil said, well, some people actually say that they're going to live like they want to live, and then at the last minute, they're going to accept Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. That, that's not salvation. Amen. That is not salvation because salvation comes from a motivated heart to love the Lord Jesus Christ and obey the Lord Jesus Christ, not because you want to escape hell. So a lot of people are going to confess Jesus with their mouths, but their hearts are still far from him, and in hell they will lift up their eyes because their hearts, oh God, I pray every day, Lord, I want my heart to be right. I want my heart to be right, Lord. Amen. I don't want to serve you out of obligation. I want to serve you because I love you. Amen. I don't want to love people out of obligation. I want to love people because you love people and your, your, your spirit has filled my heart with your love. The Holy Ghost has poured out my heart. The line of people are going to be lost. Well, now, what does this lostness look like? Let, let, let me try to let me try to try to work through this. Now, now, as, as, as the Lord was giving me this message, he, he began to show me how there's so much evil in this world, and how many people in the church are discouraged because they see evil in the world. You know, we've gone through this whole Black Lives Matter movement. And we're still dealing with issues, still dealing with issues of that, you know, and how we have been disenfranchised and, you know, uh, how, how we have been afflicted and oppressed as African Americans in the world. But then we have to realize that all over the world, the same thing is happening. In every nation of the world, people have been afflicted. People have been oppressed. People are being kept. India has a caste system. And, and, and they expect you to live in that caste system all of your life. If you're born in the lower class, in the lower caste, that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life. If you stay in that country. I mean, so, so then you see the same oppression. You know, if we are not careful, we will get caught up into that, into that pity in me party. And a lot, of, a lot of us in America are pitying me, themselves. All the things we have gone through. Yeah, and we need to fight for our rights. All right? But we got to realize that some of us just don't care. And you might as well tell the truth about it. Amen. I was listening to, and I got a different perspective on it, but I'm still giving my perspective. I was listening uh, to, 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 to the people in Charlotte talking about defunding the school system. And the different perspective was there are some things that could be done that are not being done. But the problem is, if you don't teach your children at home, if you don't have a standard for your children at home, if you don't value education at home, if you don't, if you don't require your children to, 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 to um, discipline your children and don't let television uh, babysit them and, 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 and give them an iPad so that that iPad can babysit them while you go and do your own thing, and then you send your, 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 uh, your naughty, hard-headed, untrained, untaught children to school. You don't make them do their homework, and you expect the school system to do everything for them. No. So we, got, we, we, we have things that we must do. Train, teach your children to work. Amen. 
I know I don't have a whole lot of parents in here, but you listening online. Make your children clean that room. Make your children wash dishes. Make them sweep the floor, vacuum the carpet. Make them cut the grass. Give them a work ethic. Most of us who every once in a while go to fast food places, the mine is, is, is mostly Chick-fil-A. Thank God the people at Chick-fil-A have a standard. Because when you go to these other places, you got people working in there who don't want to work. They do not want to work. They want the money, but they don't want to work. It's not just black people now. It's black and white. You red, yellow, and blue. Don't want to work. But we need to go back to giving our children a work ethic. We're teaching them responsibility. I hated getting up in the morning going to the field in the summertime. This was our vacation. But before we could play, we had to go and work in the field. Are you listening to me? Daddy made sure we knew how to work and you had to work. I don't care how hard it got. If, you, if daddy came home for us and that work wasn't done, we could not explain it away. And my father had a wonderful way of making you not want to explain it away. He would wait until bedtime. When everybody was in the house, nobody, nobody could miss it. That is a, would say, come on in the room. And all of us, if it was somebody else, we'd be sitting there laughing. Mm, we know what they're going to get. And that would be whipping us. And said, Dad, it hurts. He said, I know it hurt. He said, but it hurts me more than it hurts you. And I never understood that. What daddy was saying was, I don't want to do this. It hurts me to have to discipline you, but it's for your good. So if we're not careful, we will get into this pity party when there's work that we must do to help raise ourselves out of the situation that we're in. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this, this, all of this flows on over into our spirituality. Because we'll get into a pity party spiritually. God, why? Why do you allow me to go through this? Why do you allow all of this evil in the world? You know, and, and mind you, some of us are not reading and are not studying. We're not sitting under the teaching. So we don't understand the things that God is doing. And remember, we've talked about Kairos. Kairos is not chronological time. So when we read the scriptures and, and we see all of these things happening, if you're not careful, then you'll begin to ask the question, well, God, it has been proclaimed that Jesus was returning all these years and it, he has not returned. But remember, God does not operate in Kronos. God operates in Kairos. God has appointed times and you cannot change God's appointed time. The situation in the world cannot change God's appointed time. God has a time set that he's going to deal with these things. Amen. And, and God's time is wonderful. So we get in Revelation. And we get in Revelation and we begin to study this. And, and I, I encourage you to go back. If you miss some of these chapters, go back and read. Okay, I encourage you to do, to do that. Go back and listen to the teaching. You can listen. There are three sets of teachings you can listen to. And if you get three sets of teachings, then if I miss something, Jonathan caught it. If Jonathan missed something, I caught it. If, it, if we miss something, Minister Simon caught it. Just listen to it. Let the Lord give you some revelation. And I know I'm not talking to everybody, all right? But there are some people in here I'm talking to. 
This is critical. This is critical. You just said you don't want to go to hell. Yeah. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. But when, you, when, when your heart is not with Jesus, when you're rejecting Jesus in your heart and in your mind, and sometimes even in your body, the things you choose to do, how do you expect God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? How? Do you ever ask yourself that question? You're just going to live your life without Christ and expect to just enter into heaven. You've chosen Satan. You've chosen to be an enemy of God because there's no middle ground. You've chosen to be an enemy of God. And the Bible plainly says that God will exact vengeance on his enemies. And we see this in Revelation. Let me get into this. I'm trying to get there. Yeah, I'm trying to get there. So don't get discouraged now because of the evil that you see. Don't even get discouraged because of the things you're going through in life. Yes, you may be going through some times when it seems like people do not understand you. All right? It may, you may be going through some times when you're hurting and there's a lot of affliction, a lot of pain in your life. But don't turn your back on God. We sing the song, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. And a lot of times we're dealing with what we're going through personally, but there's a bigger issue. We've got to deal with Satan. Satan is the bigger issue. And then saints, you know, I was thinking about this a lot of times when we were going through, you know, we, we just want to say, you know, well, God allowed it. Yeah, God allowed it. But you can't take Satan out of the picture. You got to deal with Satan. He is your enemy. He is the one who brings those tribulations and those afflictions and those attacks. He is the one that's working against your mind. He, he really comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we don't talk, we, we got to the place in the church that we started saying, don't be talking so much about Satan, talk more about God and give glory to God. We need to give glory to God, but we need to deal with this enemy because he is an enemy. If you got roaches in your house, you got to deal with those roaches. You can't say, I'm just going to look over those roaches and they're going to go away. Those roaches are not going to go away. They're going to multiply. Amen. <laughs> they're not going away because you choose not to talk about them. Call the exterminator and give glory to God. Get some bug spray and give glory to God. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? We got to deal with this enemy. This enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying every day. He's stealing our children. Amen. He's stealing our seed. Amen. He's afflicting us. No sense in saying all the time, God allowed. Yeah, God allowed it, but the devil was the perpetrator. God allowed it for a purpose, but let me deal with this devil. You got authority over the enemy. Call it what it is. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Mm, mm. Yeah, call it what it is. 
God will take the trick of the devil and turn it into a blessing, but call it what it is. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, 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 somewhere in this message, <laughs> there, is a, there is a revelation of truth that comes through studying the word of God. And, and in these chapters that deal with the, the rapture and the millennial reign, and I'm not going to talk much about the rapture, and you may not understand the rapture, but let me just tell you this. Be ready. Make sure you're saved. You may not understand how you're going to be caught up in the air to be with the Lord, but the Bible says you're going to be caught up. Don't worry about how your body is going to change. Just be ready. The only way you're going to be ready is be saved. Amen? Just be saved. Make sure you're saved. Amen. Sanctify. Feel what the precious Holy Ghost burning with a fire on the inside of you. Amen. And we've lost the fire because a lot of us don't have fire. Amen. We come to worship and we're just like just like a, 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 a piece of, uh, 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 oh goodness, a piece of bologna out of the refrigerator. <laughs> Just call. You need to burn it inside of you. Glory to God. You need to stir up that flame inside of you. When you're feeling weak and when you're feeling down, you got to stir up the flame that's inside of you. Mm. Huh. I had to stir up the flame this morning, y'all. I went to bed last night. I didn't, I didn't feel like preaching, but I knew I had to preach. I went to bed. I wanted to go to sleep, and I needed to study some more. But I had to stir up the flame that was burning inside of me. My sister and I was acting like we're on fire all the time. Sometimes we're not on fire. The, kind of the, the, the fire's burning down. Amen. Amen. It's going out. Glory to God. You got to stir up those coals. And you got to put some more wood on the fire. Glory to the name of Jesus. Sometimes when you don't feel like it, you got to start speaking in other tongues. Glory to God. Amen. When you don't know what to say. Hallelujah. You got to start. Oh my God, my God, my God. You got to stir up. Because hmm. you got to stay close to Jesus. You got to stay close to Jesus. If you mess up, get back in line. Repent of your sins. Get back close to Jesus. We don't want to talk about the devil. Some of us don't want to talk about the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send a helper. That time you need help. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the midst of your discouragement, in the midst of seeing all the stuff that's going on around you, you need help. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, now, 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 there's revelation that come forth in, in these scriptures yeah, um, that I need to get into. But I, hallelujah. Yeah. So when you, look at, when you look at the millennial reign, the rapture, the millennial reign, the great white throne judgment, uh, the judgment of Satan, which, uh, which comes after the millennial reign, in that is the battle of Armageddon. I'm just going to tell you this because I'll be preaching for the next two hours if I try to explain it all to you. 
All right, but this is important. And, you know, when I began to study this and I said, Lord, what is it I need to say? The Lord said, the first thing you need to emphasize to the people is that my word is trustworthy. You can trust what I've said in my word. And I know we've said this all of the time. You've, this is not the first time you've heard it. But a lot of people apparently don't believe that the word of God is trustworthy. You know? If you want to learn how to drive, not only will you have someone teach you, but you got to get a driver's license. All right, and in order to get the license, you have to do what? Study what? You got to study the book. So, so here we are, we're trying to, trying to live a Christian life, and we're not studying the book. You want a license to drive, being a Christian. Not a physical license to drive a car, but drive your Christian life. You're not studying the book. Either you don't believe the book, or you don't believe it's trustworthy. Because there are some things you hear from the pulpit, you dismiss. Those things can't be, and I understand when I was younger, I used to think that, I used to think, how can this be? You know, I didn't understand things, but the older I've gotten and, 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 and the more I've studied, and I've studied a lot of things over and over and over and over and over again. So this is not something that you study one time, oh, I got this. No, no, you don't have it. Mm -mm, you don't have it. You got to study this over and over. You got to continually expose yourself in studying to the word of God, looking up words and, and, and looking up meanings and understanding context and all of this. So you find out when you study the word of God, which is prophetic, the word of God is true. It meets the test of a true prophet. In Jeremiah chapter, chapter 28, verse 9, the test of a true prophet is that the things that the prophet says comes to pass. Oh, well, then I read in Genesis, Genesis uh, chapter, what was it? Chapter 3, verse 15. I read in Genesis chapter 3. Are y'all still with me? I read in Genesis chapter 3, and I'll read it again for you. Verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head. You will strike his heel. That was a curse to Satan, but it was prophetic. And it was referring to Jesus. The enemy, Satan, crushed his heel. Oh, but Jesus crushed Satan's head. The enemy struck his heel. Now, now, which one is a deadly blow? A blow to my heel, a blow to my head. That was prophetic. Way back in Genesis. And when you study the word of God, you see the scarlet thread of salvation throughout the scriptures. The word of God is prophetic. What God says comes to pass. You know, it's trustworthy. Even Jesus' birth, prophetic. The Messiah's coming was, was prophesied. Even down to the place that he was born in Bethlehem. It was prophesied. Uh, I think it was Micah 5 and 2. I don't know. I, I got to go back and look at it. But it was prophesied that little Bethlehem, Ephrathah, that's where the Messiah would be born. God's word is reliable. 
Amen. Why don't you want to trust his word? If all of that is reliable, then what he says in Revelation is reliable. That Jesus is coming back again. There's evil in this world, but God has a time set that Jesus is coming again. The angel said it. He's the same Jesus, not another Jesus, but the same Jesus that you've seen taken up from you shall so come again in like manner. What is he coming for? What is he coming for? Okay, now he comes. He comes in the millennial reign. And in the millennial reign is the battle of Armageddon, but also the marriage of Jesus and his bride. Who is the bride? The church. Guess what? And it's hard for us to understand this because we're Americans. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but when you study, you get a sense of a, of a wedding that's Eastern and not Western. See, you just fall in love with somebody and now you go get your marriage license and you might go to the pastor and get counseling, but you might just go and get married. But in an Eastern setting, it wasn't like that. The father arranged the wedding. See, we're already rejecting it because we're saying, I don't want my daddy to arrange anything for me. Old people know more than you know. If they're godly and filled with the Holy Ghost, they know much more than you know. But anyway... In the Eastern setting, the father arranged the, 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 the marriage when the children, when the, his daughter or his son, when they were children. And so they were betrothed. That's why Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And he just, when he was thinking about divorcing her, they would not yet been officially married, but, but for all manner of speaking, they were married. They were betrothed. You see, now, 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 if you, if, if a daughter said, I don't want to marry that person, daddy, that you arranged for me to marry, that was, a, that was the worst of insults, to insult your family. And in many Eastern societies, that person could lose their lives because they're going to choose somebody that's probably not what their parents would want. It would be a terrible, but no, 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 no. In, in, in the book of Revelations, it talks about this, this, we know we're the bride of Christ, but we have been betrothed to him. Ooh, from the foundation of the world. Not when you were born, you've been betrothed. We've been betrothed, the church. You came to the realization of Jesus when you heard the gospel preached. But you'd already been betrothed. Now to say, I don't want Jesus. You just insulted God. You just insulted God. The greatest insult that you could give. It's hard for us in the Western world to understand that because we're so independent. And our independence hurts us and we don't realize it. Because we want to live our lives the way we want to live it, how we want to live it. And we don't realize when we reject Jesus, we reject God and we insult God because he's already betrothed his church. So we meet in the book of Revelation chapter 19, the wedding reception. Okay, but what has to happen before the marriage can take place? 
is that the beast and the false prophet has to be dealt with and Satan has to be bound. Because you see, when the wedding takes place, the church rules with Christ for a thousand years. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 7, that thousand-year period is mentioned about seven times. The millennial reign. Are y'all still with me? If you get lost, go back and read. Amen. Go back and read it. After I studied the chapter again, I went back and read it, and it made so much sense to me after reading it again. Because a lot of times you get con confused, and, and you, you, you mess up situations and, 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 and events. So let me read this. And I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. Faithful is with capital F, true is with a capital T. Who is it talking about? Jesus. Jesus is called faithful and true. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. Why are there many crowns on his head? Because he's what? King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah, yeah. He has a name on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Mm. And in his and his name is the Word of God. In the beginning was, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And his name, the, the armies of heaven were following him. Who are the armies of heaven? The church. We're the armies of heaven. Those who follow Jesus. Those who died, you know, and we were studying this and answered a question about death because some people say that when you die, you stay in the grave until, until the resurrection. That's not true. You forget we are tripartite beings, body, soul, and spirit. So the body goes to the ground, but the spirit and the soul goes to be with the Lord. That's the only way we can come back with him. You got to be with him to come back with him. You can't be in the grave and then come back with him. Are you going to be in heaven with the Lord? Because you see, the only other place for you to be is in hell. That your body is in the, in, in the grave and your spirit and your soul is with the devil. Because the, the, you got to be raised. There has to be a coming together of the body, soul, and spirit so that God can cast you into that lake that burns with fire and brimstone. I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to somebody else. Are you with me? I need to finish this. This is a long sermon. So we come back with the Lord. We reign with him. And when you study the book, there are reasons that, 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 uh, that the millennial reign takes place. And I'll, I'll just hit a couple of them in just a minute. And, and, and so you're talking here. I mentioned the battle of Armageddon. Out of his mouth came a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. So in this millennial reign, there's not going to be any outward rebellion in the Lord's kingdom. First of all, those of us who are in the kingdom, we've already submitted to the Lord, so we're not rebelling. But remember, it's a thousand-year period, okay? The great white throne judgment has not come yet. There's still people in the earth that will be born over a thousand-year period. 
Many of those people are going to rebel against God. They may not rebel against him outwardly, but in their hearts, that's why your heart has got to be right. Your heart has to be right. You can't be singing praise to the Lord with your mouth and your heart is far from God. These are the plans of God that have not yet been revealed that should encourage us. John says, those of you who have this hope, who have this hope in them, they purify themselves. Let's be about the business of purifying ourselves, saints. If you got this hope inside of you that you're going to reign with Christ, we don't know when the Lord is coming, but if you die in the Lord, your spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord. And he will bring you back with him so that you can reign with him for a thousand years. If your heart is not right, you're not going to reign with him. This is not an outward thing. This is an inward thing. Lord have mercy. Help us. Uh, Let me go on. I need to finish this because... He treads out the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. So, you know, God is going to pour out his wrath on his enemies. Y'all, I know it's cold in here, but shake yourself and wake up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. On his robe and his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come, gather together for the great supper of God. This supper, I said, was not for us, the church. This supper is for the birds, the vultures and what have you, that are going to feed on the bodies of those that will be killed during this battle of Armageddon. So this battle of Armageddon is not just to bind up the, the false prophet and the, and the beast. But it's going to deal with the nations, people that have rejected God. So while we're getting frustrated with all of the evil that's going on in the world, don't get frustrated. God has a time set. He has a time set that he's going to deal with this. Okay, okay. Uh, And the next section talks about the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider of the horse and his army. Who is the rider of the horse and and who is his army? Jesus and the church. But the false prophet, but the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. So the false prophet went around performing miraculous signs to deceive people so that they would follow Satan and not follow God. It's in the book. It's in the book. Read it. But they're captured and they're bound up. Okay. And, and you notice this, that it says who had, who had received the mark of the beast. With, them, with these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast, 666, on your forehead or your, which hand? Right, right? Okay, I didn't go back and read that. I just want to be sure. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all got me right? Okay, all right, all right. The two of them were thrown alive, not dead, alive, into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Jesus has come, Jesus has come to tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. God is angry at what he sees in this world. 
We always see God as a God of love. And people in the world always, God is a God of love. God hates sin. God is angry at Satan, the beast, the false prophet that will arise. God is angry at sin. Angry. And his wrath will be poured out on his enemies. Are y'all listening? And then in verse 20, and our chapter 20, go back and read it. I won't read all of that. But the, the, then um, Satan is even seized and he's thrown into the pit. He's not thrown now into the lake of fire. All right. He's thrown into a pit and he's locked up for a thousand year period. Why? This, and this is the millennial reign. All right. So in the millennial reign, Jesus is vindicated because he came to be the king of the Jews. The Jews rejected him. But in the millennial reign, he'll take his rightful place on the throne. God's plan is vindicated because when God created Adam and Eve and created human, humankind, he created us to have dominion in the earth. Adam lost it. We are not living in dominion. We are not acting like people of dominion because of Adam's sin, we inherited a sin nature. But in the millennial reign, when the church, oh God, I love your church. I love thy church, oh God. The house of thine abode, the church, the blessed redeemer saved with his own precious blood. God, I thank you that I don't care what I went through in my life. I never turn my back on your church. Hallelujah, because it wasn't just a building. It was your spirit living inside of me. You can treat me any way you want to treat me, but I will never reject the church. All of these foolish people running around here talking about the church hurt me and I don't want to go back to the church. The devil hurt you. Get it right. It might have been some people in the church who did wrong. It might have been some people in the fellowship who did you wrong, but you did somebody wrong too. What's the difference? That's why the Lord says you forgive people. None of us are perfect. We have a sin nature. So you got all these people running around talking about, oh, the church hurt me. You didn't understand the church from the beginning. Sit down and get an understanding of the body of Christ and the love of Jesus that he has for you and love Jesus. I know it doesn't sound good and doesn't sound right, but listen, we're allowing the devil to deceive us. He's doing what he normally does. He comes to deceive people. So he can get you to turn your back on God. Well, I don't. I love Jesus. I just don't want to be a part of the church. Whoa. So you love Jesus, and the church is the body of Christ, but you don't want to be a part of His body. That's like my my, my finger saying, "I love Alfred Jackson, but I want to I want to disconnect myself from Alfred Jackson. I want to be independent." How in the world? How in the world? How in the world? Whew. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh. Help us, Jesus. The millennial reign, these things are going to take place. After the millennial reign, because remember, Satan is thrown into the pit. And he's locked up for a thousand years. And in this period, that's going to be peace. That's going to be bliss on earth for a thousand years. <clears throat> I know I got to rush on. Verse 7, chapter 20. When a thousand years are over, 
Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sands on the seashore. That's gonna be a, he's going to have a mighty army. I've read a whole lot of stuff about China being Gog, Russia being Magog, and all of this. We don't know who Mag and Magog and Magog are. We don't know. But we do know that Satan is going to amass an army to come in war against Jesus and the church. But, but, fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. We get to the end of history as we know it. But it's not just for the beast and the false prophet. God has plans that have not yet been fulfilled. And you got to remember that Satan was created for the devil and his angels. Not for human beings, but human beings choose to reject Jesus. The only way, the only way to be saved, the only way into heaven, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl comes to the Father, except he comes through me. If you reject Jesus, there's no way into heaven. There's no way to escape the great white throne judgment. We're not talking about the Bema judgment. Now we're talking about the great white throne judgment. There's no way to escape it. No way. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no more no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, we're not talking about the Bema judgment. Go back and study it. We're talking about the great rock. This is the wicked dead. This is the dead who've rejected Jesus. So the book of life is open. So I've read. So that people can see that there was a place for them in the book of life, but they rejected. But there are other books. I believe it was Job who said, my witness is in heaven. And my record is on high. Can you say that? Say, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. Bema judgment for, for those of us who are Christians. Our works will be judged. Now that's a different story because we're going we're gonna to still have feeling, right? We're going to still have emotions. We're going to get to heaven. Somebody's going to get a mansion. Somebody else going to get a shack. <laughs> because of your works. The Lord is looking at your works. That's why we got to get out here and win souls. We got to pray for people. We got to help people. 
because your works are going to be judged. But let me let me finish this. I'm almost done. I promise you. I promise you. Oh. Mm. Another book was opened. The dead were judged according to what they'd done as recorded in the books, not the book of life. It's your name written in the book of life. That's the important book for you to be saved. The sea, you see, you can't escape this judgment. You remember that song we used to sing, where you running, sinner, you can't hide? Lord, have mercy. I was walking down the street, and I was in college, and I used to just have these long walks and talks by myself. And I was dealing with some stuff, and I was singing that song, where you running, sinner, you can't hide? The Lord said, you're the sinner. Where you running? You can't hide. So you got to get to the place where this thing becomes personal and stop fooling yourself and thinking you got it all right when it's all wrong. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades. Now we've been discussing, discussing, discussing Hades. I thank the Lord for just study, study, study. Keep on studying. Hades is just the place of the dead. Where's the place of the dead? In the grave. So, so death and, and the grave gave up the dead that were in them. Bodily resurrection. Pinch yourself. Pinch yourself. What'd you feel? You didn't pinch yourself hard enough. Anybody got a pen? That's feeling. Bodily resurrection. I ain't trying to scare nobody. I'm just trying to preach the gospel. This is the gospel. Maybe you need to be scared. The Lord wants to wake you up. Sometimes the Lord has to shake us to wake us up. You can't escape this judgment. You can't escape Jesus even if you die in your sins. Your body has to be raised and reunited with your spirit and soul so you can face the judgment seat. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. There's no, no more reason for death at this point. This is the end of history as we know it. Paul said uh, that, 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 that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that uh, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. This is the enemy of man. There's no more need for the grave. All of that's thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found in the book, found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. If your name is not written in the book of life, salvation doesn't come just because mama and daddy were saved. Salvation doesn't come just because you try not to do anything wrong. You don't treat it, you know, people say, I don't bother nobody. Any wrong I do, I do to myself. That's not salvation. Salvation doesn't come just because you join the church. That you give your life to Jesus. It's when you're saved that your name is written in the book of life. And if your name is in the book of life, then you strive to love Jesus with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, and your neighbor as yourself. I'm not saying you get everything right in life, 
But that's why Jesus came. That's why we need Jesus. He loves us. He wants us to love him. Loving him means that I want to obey his commands. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? So he shakes us up. I pray, even though I didn't go into a lot of detail about the millennial reign, the great white judgment, I pray that this message shakes someone up to make you think. If, if you started out with the Lord, you know, and you, you had a desire to serve the Lord, but, but you allowed the devil to come, and you might as well call it what it is. It was the devil. It was the devil. Satan, Satan played with your mind. He showed you things that looked good to draw you away from God. And now you're out there. You know, now you, your fire is going out. You're going through so much stuff in your life, you're saying, where is God? God is where he's always been. You know, people, people go through things in life and they get to the other side and they say, Lord, I don't know how I made it. I know how you made it. The Lord carried you through. When you thought God was nowhere around, he was right there. Carrying you through. I pray that this message somehow or another wakes someone up and makes you begin, make you begin to consider your life and consider your eternal destiny. Consider Jesus and the love that he has for you and the relationship that he is calling you into. Amen. Let's stand. If you don't know Christ as your Savior and your Lord, if you've never accepted Jesus, today can be your day. The Lord doesn't force any of us to accept him. The Lord extends the opportunity for us to come to him. We're born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. We have a sin nature. That sin nature never goes away. But the Lord saves us. The Lord calls us into fellowship with him. He paid the price on Calvary that you deserve to pay because of your sin. He satisfied God's law, which says a soul that sins shall surely die. Death is required for sin. Bloodshed is required for sin because life is in the blood. It's life for life. Jesus gave his life for you, for me, so that we could be saved and God's law satisfied. You can't satisfy God's law. I don't care how much you try in and of yourself, you will never satisfy God's law because you are finite, a finite being. You're a human being. You have a sin nature. There's no way for you to satisfy God's law. And the sacrificial system of the Old Testament has been superseded by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. The only way to be saved 
and to be in right relationship with God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not church membership, not family ties. You must be, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you want to be born again, and, and listen, I'm not saying this just for you to escape hell, but you will escape hell. I'm not saying this just so that you can escape the great white throne judgment. You will escape it, but the Lord is calling you into a relationship with him that's lived out in obedience to his will. Don't worry about whether you can't live up to that. That's why you have a helper. That's why you're covered under the blood of Jesus. And as you give yourself to Jesus, you'll learn to appreciate him and learn to love him and appreciate all that he's done for you as you learn of him. So if you want to be saved today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If there's anybody in this building, as I look over the building, everyone has made a confession of faith in Christ Jesus that I, that I know personally. But if you have not, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I realize that I have violated your law and death is required because of my sin. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for satisfying God's law on my behalf. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I believe that you died on the cross. You shed your blood for me to satisfy the righteous requirement of God's law so that I could be saved. Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. And I thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Salvation is a decision of your will. Not because you're afraid of going to hell, not because, not because the preacher said so, but you decided, you willed to be saved, to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. So if you pray that prayer in faith, then the Lord has saved you. What we need to do is we need to write to you so that we can point you in the right direction to a Bible-believing church or help you grow in the Lord from this point. So write to us and let us know about the decision that you have made to follow Jesus. And we will get back in contact with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord. Let everyone lift your hands before the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you empty or null and void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Father, this word has challenged us. It has opened up our minds, our senses to things that we may have allowed to lie, lie dormant in us or maybe things that some of us didn't know. Father, please forgive us for any lethargy, for any slowfulness. Forgive us, Lord, for 
any sin that's in our lives and cleanse us, Lord, of all unrighteousness. Stir our hearts and our minds because of the hope that we have in us that we will purify ourselves, that we will lay, lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us and run this race with patience. Help us where we're weak. Strengthen us, Lord. We need you. We can't make this journey alone. Holy Spirit, live in us, rule in us, reign in us. We yield to you, Father. Whatever our struggles are, whatever our situations are, we yield to you, Father. I pray for those that are sick in their bodies today, those that are oppressed in their minds because of circumstances and situations. I pray for healing and deliverance today, Father. By your mighty power, Holy Spirit, move in everyone's life that has sickness in their bodies. I rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus right now over every sickness, over against every sickness, against every disease, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. By your divine authority, I speak healing in everybody. Eye diseases, I speak healing to right now in the name of Jesus. Diabetes, I speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. I curse you at the very root in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak healing today in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, divided minds, confused minds. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I curse cancer at the very root right now in the name of Jesus. By your stripes we're healed. We claim it now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. In the midst of our situations and our circumstances, we shout hallelujah unto you. You're King of kings. You're Lord of lords. You're God of gods. There is nothing that is impossible for you. God, in the name of Jesus, we claim the souls of our loved ones, the souls of our children, God, those who've fallen by the wayside, those who've gone astray, those, God, who've been led away by the devil. God, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the hand of the enemy now. Satan, we command you to take your hands off of God's children in the name of Jesus. We claim our seed today in the mighty name of Jesus. We claim our loved ones today in the name of Jesus in every household, in every family and not just our loved ones Lord but those that you send us to we claim their souls in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your gospel. Thank you for the saving power of your word. You said in your word. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing your word. God thank you that your word is going forward and forth in the ends of the earth. Men, women, boys and girls are being saved today. God, we thank you now. Thank you for your church that's rising up in the power of your spirit and proclaiming this gospel message that your anointing rest on us. Use us for your glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name. We pray and we thank you. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you 
Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.